Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. It's hard to fathom that Praveen could have been left where he was and in the condition that he was by one person alone. That's one of the reasons Monica thinks Gage wasn't alone when he attacked Praveen and left him on the side of Illinois Route 13, but there's a lot more to it than that. There are two videos in evidence. One is the surveillance footage that was taken from a home rental business located within the four blocks between the house party at 606 College Street and Sticks. The second is the state trooper video at the scene of the crime. I am so sorry, like this is weird. I don't wanna be here, but I want people to know, like I rode with Gage to the party. I hadn't seen him before that in like a year, but there was a party we all just hooked up that night. And he said he was messed up and he was driving messed up. That's why we made Jonathan drive. He goes, but we were at the party partying and then, you know, Gage left and we were still there. I believe Preston, he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't beat up Praveen, he had no knowledge of it. I appreciate him coming on the show um, and saying that. You're listening to Speaking of Crime with your hosts, Gia and John. We asked Monica why she thought that Gage wasn't alone when he attacked Praveen. Uh, There's been so many rumors from day one, and I have to always weigh what you could prove in court and what evidence they were able to take to court versus what we hear on the street in our tiny town and what people tell you that they saw with their own eyes and heard. And we know for sure that Gage had several buddies in the vehicle with him on the way to the party that night. And on the way back, there's just so much question around whether or not his cousin was with him or not, which was the tipster. Um, I wasn't there. I could never prove that his cousin was there. But when you look at Praveen's injuries and how badly he was beaten, and when you realize how far into the woods he was, without one scrape or mark on the bottom of his feet, without his shoes, his shoes have still never been found. Don't forget that. Um, In the tipster's interview, um, that's when something literally shook me to my core. And I just don't think that the night this happened, in my personal opinion, and from everything we've heard, I don't think that um, Gage was probably sober in any form or fashion or the tipster or any of their friends, according to uh, what they've told us about that night. And in the tipster's video, um, when he goes to say, hey, you know, my cousin knows where he's at or my cousin got in a fight with him, he mentions a fence at the bottom of the hill. And that was the first time ever any of us knew or heard about a fence at the bottom of the hill, which we immediately went and found. And in the foliage at the bottom of this steep hill, there's a barbed wire fence. And we know now that there was a piece of Praveen's shirt on the 
second row of the barb, which comes up to any normal standing person's shins. And then once we saw Praveen's shirt, when it was in evidence, it was coming from the small of his back. So Praveen either crawled under that fence or he was drugged. Um, whenever the tipster said, you, you kind of just need to listen to the tipster's um, interview because it is video and audio. And he's like, well, the kid was having trouble walking. Well, he wasn't like having trouble walking. He was limping. Well, he just couldn't like get around. And then he says he was having trouble getting over the fence. And I just was in shock. And I was like, what the hell is this kid talking about? How does he know there was a fence? And how would no matter what's going on, if his cousin told him, hey, I got to fight with a dude, we like fought and rolled down the hill. The detail of knowing that he was having trouble walking, that he was limping, that or that he was struggling, to me just seemed like too much detail. And then he goes, yeah, I mean, I just noticed the kid, like what he had on. And I was like, what? And then he'd correct himself and say, you know, well, my cousin told me. Um, basically, the number one reason I believe there was another person possibly there is because of his injuries and because of what the tipster said in his interview. Oh, and <laughs> because um, the person who owns the house where Gage and his friends were partying that night told me so. He literally, when I talked to him, I didn't talk to him until two years after the incident. I don't know why. He's a friend of mine from my town that I went to school with. I finally called him up and I said, hey, what's up? What happened? And he said, Praveen came into the party and Gage and the tipster cousin, John, were all over his ass. They, uh, he said that Gage was wanting Coke. He wouldn't give it to him for free. They'd been jiggling door handles, trying to break into cars. And this is literally from the guy that owned the house. So I'm not making this up so they can go talk to him if they need to. Um, he said, I guess they were just going to roll him for some money because, I mean, we all know that the guy that owned the house, my buddy that I went to school with, he, Praveen wouldn't have had to go get any cocaine. The notion that they're trying to say, oh, he knew where cocaine was. He was going to get cocaine. Trust me when I tell you, the party that Gage and his friends were at was cocaine central. Nobody needed to take a step further. They just lacked the money and the funds to do so that night. And uh, the guy that owned the house Gage was at said, I have a single pull-in to my house, and Gage was one of the first ones there, and he was in a rampage to have me move cars, and him and Praveen and the tipster cousin, John, were in that truck, and he goes, I can't tell you if they all three pulled out together, because what the tipster cousin is saying, and some people are corroborating it, saying he went back in the house. He did not wait for them to move cars. He didn't want to mess with it. He didn't feel good from drinking. He went back in the house. And the guy that owned the house told me, uh, he came back like an hour later, freezing and puking. He got left in the woods and had to run back to my house. And there was a girl that took the rest of the guys home that went to the party with Gage. I've talked to her many times. Um, I don't know if she was interviewed during the grand jury because it's a private proceeding. But she was like, yeah, I picked... She was like, yeah, I picked up Pickle and Preston, and I'm pretty sure there was another guy with us. So, I mean, she knows whether or not there was two or three guys in her car, period, end of story. I've never really gotten to the bottom of that. Do I believe there was somebody else involved or possibly? Absolutely. Do I think Gage would take all this on his own for all that time because he was scared of his cousin and wouldn't turn on his ass? No. So, go figure.
Monica mentioned Praveen's shoes. That is something we haven't told you about yet. Praveen was wearing purple shoes the night of the party. But when Lovely and Monica finally got the police reports, which you will hear Lovely talk about in much more detail in a later episode, they noticed the report stated that Praveen was found wearing black shoes. But once Lovely saw a picture of the shoes, she knew they were not Praveen's. And they also weren't Praveen's correct shoe size. The first thing I noticed in the report, I know I was just uh, skipping through the shoes, Praveen shoes. Praveen was wearing purple shoes. And it said black Puma. And the size was different. I'm like, this is not Praveen's shoe. So the picture, you see the picture, it's an old shoe. Knowing Praveen, Praveen would never, ever put a shoe that is broken ties and stuff like that. I am like, this is not Praveen's shoe. So we came here that weekend. Monica came here. We started to make go through the notes, the, the police reports. We made, we made big charts, you know, like who did what and all that. And we came up um, on, because I kept on asking the police, is there surveillance camera? And they all said there is nothing. But then I found out in the report, there was a surveillance camera, a police officer has written from that night, um, a white male wearing jeans and black jacket carrying another male. And he said, this has to be sent for further for their examination. There was nothing done. So when we saw the video, we were like, oh my God, this was never sent out anywhere, never um, done anything with that. You know, the police had all that. But you after, saw the video of yeah. Gage carrying we, we We don't know whether it's Gage, but it's a male carrying. It, it has Gage's features. Praveen was very, very particular about shoes. He hated Puma. You know, he wouldn't buy a Puma shoes. And I said, that size is nine and a half. Praveen was nine. And it's such an old shoe. Even if Praveen wore a higher size, it couldn't be that old. You know, so I think he also got, so then he sent it for DNA. It was not Praveen's. The shoe is not Praveen's. Do you know what size of shoes Gage wore? We don't know. We don't know. But we heard rumors that um, Gage took the shoes and after all this thing came up, he burned it. That's what we, we heard. We don't know. We have no proof of it. Lovely and Monica had to work tirelessly every step of the way to prove what they already suspected to be true. It took them over two years to obtain unredacted police records from the state. When we got the unredacted records, that was a game changer. We got to see, first of all, those aren't Praveen's shoes. Those aren't his size or his brand. What? He went missing in purple shoes. How can the police not notice they're not purple? Who wears purple shoes, first of all? Just Praveen, you know? Little things like that were so enraging. I mean, if he had on Nikes, Adidas, okay, that's fine. He had on purple shoes. You didn't notice those are black? 
It was enraging. And then we found the surveillance of somebody carrying somebody across the street. That's Gage. We know it. The FBI looked at it. They said there's many um, similarities to the state trooper video, but they couldn't put their name on it because of the timestamp. Well, that doesn't mean it wasn't them, but that did mean that we couldn't go to court with it. Like it kept getting crazier and crazier. There was one girl that told me, oh my God, I'm friends with that tipster. Those are his shoes. Those are his Pumas. I know those shoes. But I mean, I've seen many pictures with what I believe Gage having the shoes on, but they're cousins. Maybe they trade shoes. I don't know. Like I say, what we could prove in court and the evidence that wasn't part of it. So we had to go with whatever story the evidence took us because we had to take it to court. You can only take what you can prove. So what I believe happened that night and what was proven in court are two totally different things. But if you want to go to court, you got to roll with the evidence. Those aren't your shoes. I said, I know it sounds stupid for just a mom to sit here and be like, those aren't my baby's shoes. I said, trust me when I tell you, these people all hang out 24-7 together. It's a communal effort. There's 500 people around at all times. His cousins and his mom and his sisters know those aren't his shoes. They sent the shoes to Quantico. They were not Bravines. They didn't have enough DNA substance left to test him a second time for whether they were Gage's or maybe Jonathan, the tipsters, they weren't Praveen. Even the surveillance footage was initially not shared with Praveen's family. Lovely and Monica only learned of its existence when they finally received the police reports years after Praveen's murder. So the surveillance video found in the records that we found, which by the way, it's a catch-22 and we're so thrilled, but we're so disgusted, thrilled that an officer did get that home rentals footage. It is a building between Sticks, where Praveen had his destination, and 606 College, where he started out that night. It's a matter of four blocks. Um, He found this video. He wrote a report and said, at this point in time in this video, I believe that I see somebody carrying somebody else across the street. It needs to go up for further investigation immediately. It looks to be a white male carrying another human across the street. And it went nowhere. We found it, what, two years later when we got the records. Monica didn't only speak with Praveen's family and friends on her show, she was able to get some of Gage's friends to talk to her too. She tried her best to corroborate stories to try and get to the truth. She had Preston, who is one of Gage's friends, come on and talk with her. Preston drove down to the party with Gage the night Praveen went missing. This is Reality Check with Monica Zukas. Monica wants to take a walk in your shoes. Everyone has a story. She wants to hear it, and she wants to share it. Talking to locals from all walks of life. And for the first time this evening, I'm going to start my conversation with Preston. Preston is somebody that knows the driver of the vehicle, is an acquaintance, has known him for quite some time. And I just want to ask you like a few simple questions. The night of the incident where Praveen went missing, were you one of the passengers in the vehicle with a driver? Uh, No, not on the way back. On the way to the party? Yes. How many people were in the car besides the driver? Uh, Three. And 
Did you see Praveen at the particular party you were at that evening? Uh, no. Whenever you were at the party you were at, which was not 606 College, this is a separate party. How many people approximately would you say were at the party you were at? Uh, I'd say probably about 20 or 25, maybe tops. Was there like this, like five people in this room, five people in this room? Was it scattered throughout the home you were guys, you guys were partying at? Or was it basically secluded to one area? Yeah, it was uh, one area. Like, was it a basement? Yeah, a basement, yeah. You did not see Praveen at that party? No. Whenever it was time for the driver to leave, I know there was three of you that came with him. Why didn't you guys leave with him? Like, how did it go down whenever it was time for him to go or he decided he wanted to go? What, like, was the story of the situation that you're like, nah, we're not going to leave with you? Uh, The driver seemed kind of a little bit intoxicated, so, you know, we just... (laughs) Like we're staying, whatever. I guess drink responsibly, I guess. So (laughs) you've known the driver for a period of time. Yeah. Do you feel like he's a violent guy? Not at all. No. Just like I've talked to Praveen's dear friends and said, why do you think he got in the car with the driver? And they said, we have no clue. When I ask you as a friend of the driver, why in the world did he end up with Praveen? Is it just as puzzling to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it makes no sense to you why he would have even gotten tried to get a stranger in his car. I have no idea. You know, we try to make sense of all sense of it all, and it's such a bizarre slash awkward slash humbling moment to be sitting in front of me, two of the people that loved Praveen the most. And somebody that, you know, was friends with the driver. And like you say, the driver of this vehicle is not somebody that's in trouble all the time, fighting, hurting people. He doesn't have a rap sheet. Oh, no. Not at all. Have you heard or do you have any inkling as to what his opinion is of all this or how, what his state of mind is at this time? Or uh, what have you heard or anything? Uh, Like I said, I heard, I mean, he's pretty upset about it. Uh, just like anybody else would, I'm sure. But, uh. Other than that, I, I I don't know. I haven't talked to him or anything like that since. It's a mystery. And at the end of the day, Praveen's family, you know, to hear a sweet mother say, we don't want revenge, we would just want answers. One of the main questions I have is about the officer on the scene at 1210 a.m. A state trooper pulls up on a vehicle parked eastbound. As we've seen from some of the video clip, the driver comes up from the embankment. What was said between them? Did the state trooper, as an officer, as a father possibly, as an adult, say, it's 9, 12, 13 degrees out here? What are you doing? Who's in the woods? How was he dressed? Where have you been? What's going on? I don't know if a report was made or not. I know that FOIAs are flying around all over the place it seems like if there would have been a report made somebody fled into the woods we can't find them maybe the next day when Praveen was reported missing they could have put two and two together and the state police could have spoken with the Carbondale police and something could have been something could have transpired right then to maybe find them you know we six seven days later it's a tragedy by all means I don't know who was in the right. I don't know who was in the wrong. I want to share with you because I know so many people, it's easy, especially for me, because it's human nature to think of our son ending up 
deceased in the woods. And of course, our initial reaction is, damn you, damn that driver, damn anybody with him. One thing I wanted to ask you, Preston, is so the three people that went with the driver to the party, none of you three left with him. And you are how many percent sure that he was basically alone? And I know you didn't see the driver leave, but he didn't. To your knowledge, does he have a bunch of friends in Carbondale area? No, not one that I can think of. So none of you three left with him. He left basically with Praveen, as far as we know. Yeah. I can tell you, I had a very, very short conversation today with the driver of that vehicle. And... He wasn't cussing. He wasn't yelling. He wasn't spiteful. He wasn't hateful. He had devastation in his voice. He has a conscience. He was extremely upset. And just like I'm praying for Praveen's family tonight for healing and peace, I'm praying for the driver of that vehicle to come forward at least to the family and tell them exactly what happened that evening, what words were exchanged, what fists might have been exchanged. What happened that evening so his family can have peace? The police can do their own thing. But at the end of the day, there needs to be healing. State Trooper Martin didn't write or submit a police report to the city of Carbondale until February 24th, 11 days after the police stop. He only wrote the report after Carbondale investigator Stephanie Dillo contacted him and made him aware that his traffic stop involved the missing person that had been reported on TV and in newspapers. I started meeting Praveen's friends and Gage's friends kind of simultaneously because, I mean, it's a small town. Hey, I know your mom. Can I talk to you? Can I talk to your kid? They're 18. Is it fine? Yeah. Um, Gage had Preston, Filkins, Pickle, Bam, and Jonathan. So Pickle, his name's Dylan. So somehow it went from Dylan to Dill Pickle to Pickle. (laughs) And Dylan and so Pickle and Bam are brothers. Poor area in West Frankfurt. Great. They're great kids. They're poor kids. They're not educated kids, but these are, you know, this is my, this is my area. These are my people. And uh, Bam is a hypochondriac. So the night Gage picked them up for the party, he was so messed up he couldn't drive. He was all over the road. And Bam goes, no, no, no. No, no, get me out. I'm not dying. Like, he's a total hypochondriac. He only went six blocks and was Frankfurt and stopped at CVS and got out and called his dad. Gage was so eat up on pills. And all through the trial, Gage's attorney kept wanting to make the point, hey, nobody smelled alcohol. So he was just driving like a teenager wild. Well, David kept making the point, the details matter. You don't smell like alcohol when you're fucked up on Zanny bars, but you're still messed up. You still can't drive right when you had too many, ingested too many pills. So Preston came on the show when Kyle and um, Dakota came on the show. So now two of Praveen's best friends are there with one of the guys at Rogue Gage. And Kyle and Dakota were just distraught. And Preston was very nice. And he said, I am so sorry. Like, this is weird. I don't want to be here, but I want people to know, like, I rode with Gage to the party. I hadn't seen him before that in like a year, but there was a party. We all just hooked up that night. And he said he was messed up and he was driving messed up. That's why we made Jonathan drive. He goes, but we were at the party partying and then, you know, Gage left and we were still there. I believe Preston. He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't beat up Praveen. He had no knowledge of it. I appreciate him coming on the show um, and saying that.
You may remember early on, Lovely mentioned that she knew Praveen had more than $50 on him the day he went missing because he had just visited home and his dad had given him $50. His parents had packed food for him to take home, so he didn't need to buy much once he got back to Carbondale. Praveen worked as a delivery guy and had worked both days prior to the party, earning tips daily, in addition to the money his parents had given him. Well, in Gage's first police interview, he was asked if there was any exchange of money between him and Praveen. Okay. And then the police officer, when we talked to him, he mentioned that he saw some money uh, laying around. Do you remember anything about money? No, man. Your money, his money? I put in my last 10 bucks at the gas station. Okay. And, uh, to get me home. So after that, I'm talking about during this altercation, um, had he taken any of your money? No, or had no, there was no scuffle over there was no exchange of any money. No, okay, not exchange. I'm saying did no he take anything money, that he no. wasn't supposed to. No, I had my last ten dollars. I'd spent it on gas at the gas. He did not take nothing of mine. No. Okay, got it. I spent my last ten bucks at the gas station. That was after. That was after the cop had released me and right. said you're free to go. Okay. Is there any reason why the cop would tell us there were some dollar bills? all over your floorboard? I don't, to be honest, I don't even remember dollar bills being all over my floorboard. I didn't get down on my floorboard and search if there's dollar bills all over my floorboard, there should still be dollar, boards, or dollar bills all over my floorboard as we speak. Okay. I haven't even cleaned my truck since then, so they could be pushed underneath my seat. Okay. Would those be yours or his, do you know? They would not be mine. They could have been my friend's before we went to the, you know, before we went there, it could have been the person that ride with me. It could have been his money. I don't know. But I never once seen the boy pull any money out of his pocket, show any money in front of my face. I had my last $10 in my back pocket in my wall to get home on. Because I knew on the way there, I didn't have enough gas to make it back fully. So I had 10 bucks to, just in case, you know. The state trooper reported money laying on the floorboard of Gage's truck the night he stopped and talked to him on Route 13. When Praveen's body was found, his wallet was found stuffed in the front waistband of his boxer shorts and not in his pockets. There is no way Praveen could have run through the woods with his wallet in his boxer shorts. It would have fallen right out. His wallet had $24 left in it. He was partially undressed, lying on his back. He had no shirt on. His t-shirt had been removed and was found under his right lower leg. Both of his shoes had been removed, along with one sock from his right foot, which was found laying within an inch of his foot. His jeans had been pulled down to his mid-thigh area, almost completely exposing his boxer shorts. His red t-shirt was torn in the back, and the small torn piece of fabric was found on the barbed wire fence that Monica mentioned earlier. The piece of fabric had torn by getting caught on the fence at about shin height, indicating that either Praveen was dragged through there or he was crawling. A lot of things were lost in translation to Lovely, or some things I just wouldn't tell her. And one thing I knew she was gonna to wanna to know from the beginning is about Praveen's eyes. And she asked me, she's like, were his eyes open or shut? And I was like, I can't say this. Because Mike Carr said, oh, he had a peaceful death. He just fell asleep. His eyes were wide open. Look at me. And I was like, I cannot tell her that.
With all the information that Lovely and Monica were able to gather, Lovely can only piece together what may have happened to Praveen. But she still has questions that only Gage can answer. And even though she has pleaded publicly for him to simply share the last moments of her son's life with her, Gage has never given her that decency or peace of mind. This is my my intuition, and my intuition so far has been right. But I cannot prove that. But, you know, this is how I feel. Praveen went to the party. He left the party alone, probably to get to sticks. Um, there was a birthday party there and he probably was going there on the way Gage stopped him asked him for money probably Praveen said no and that's probably where he got the first hit and he fell unconscious even though he was built he was not he was no match for Gage he was five seven hundred and fifty pounds Gage was 5'11", 190, something like that, big guy. I believe that's when Gage put him in the truck. And on the way, I don't know where Gage was taking him. Was he taking him to his home or trying to dump him somewhere? When Praveen fell unconscious, he probably got scared. So on the way, Praveen came to it and he realized he was being taken out of town and he probably wasn't happy, probably said something to uh, Gage. And that's where the car stopped and the second fight, I believe the kicking and hitting and all that happened. And the slope that I told you in my dream, that's where Gage came up. And I'm sure he rolled there and for the longest time, I thought the police was lying to us, saying he was found deep into the woods. But they all swore to me, you know, that he was found there. My only question now is, who helped Gage get him over there? You know, there is no way Praveen walked in there without his shoes. Praveen's shoes are missing. He had zero scratch on the sole of his foot, both feet clear, clear as a whistle. When you walk through there, there is no way you can walk through there without getting torn, you know, like markings and all that. He was clean. How did he end up there? Somebody helped Gage get him over there. Praveen did not walk in there. So that will be... That will be there in my heart forever. Gage was brought in for a second interview a few days after his initial interview. Next week, you will hear about that second contradictory interview, as well as the startling details of Jonathan's conversation with police. If you're interested in this story and you want more behind-the-scenes information, you can check out our social media pages. We will be sharing the State Trooper video, excerpts from our interviews, and documents from the case. We are at Speaking of Crime on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and Crime Speaking on Twitter. 
please help us share Praveen's story. Thank you for tuning in.